Hey, welcome to the Legal Soft Podcast. We're excited to have you today. I'm your host, Cheyenne. I'm here with Josh Hashimzadeh. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm a marketing manager here at LegalSoft, where I run SEO and social media for clients, where we try and grow law firms. Awesome. And I'm Cheyenne. I'm a marketing manager as well. I focus more on email marketing and content creation for our clients as well. Today, we're talking about marketing for law firms and how important creative is in their content creation game. Uh, so yeah, Josh, in your experience with all the lawyers that we've worked with, um, what do you think is some simple tips that people can take to imp- improve their content creation and creative? Yeah. No, it's a great question. I think now more than ever, um, social media content, online content, brand awareness is more important than ever, and we're competing for eyeballs more than ever. So, I mean, anyone that's out there making content um, in whatever format, you know, I think that's step one. And doing more of that is an easy way to start hacking free audi- uh, audiences like on these different platforms. However, to really like hone in and make sure that you're optimized and reaching people with messaging that that conveys what they want to hear. Um, you got to try things, A, B test. Um, don't be afraid to venture out beyond Instagram, Facebook. You know, there's it's a big social media uh, landscape out there. Um, and I think that if you just stay proactive with that and, and really look at data, we can start to refine um, ways in which we can kind of optimize these videos to land more consistently and really get you leads and, and try and grow your business. It's not just, you know, eyeballs, but but hopefully an ROI as well. Nice. And in your experience, what have you seen uh as some of the top performing creatives that law firms can incorporate. Yeah, I mean, I think with law firms, because you're in such a uh, technical niche, right? Sometimes it's beneficial to just kind of latch on to trends within social already, right? So if you think that there's videos that you're seeing, I mean, lawyers are on Instagram, right? So they see all the trends, they they see everything else that we're seeing. Um, if there are hashtags, if there's challenges, if there's, um, you know, sound bites and viral clips that, that people are reacting to and, and seeing engagement for, uh, that's a really low-hanging fruit. That's really easy for anyone, especially lawyers or anyone that's in maybe like a less content-driven field to to leverage that as a way to make their content and their messaging a little bit more interesting. So that's, that's a very interesting point you bring up because a lot of the pushback I get with a lot of these lawyers is I don't have the time, I don't like being on camera, but there's a lot of workarounds where you necessarily don't have to actually be in the content yourself. You could take a trending topic and repurpose it for your own social media needs. Absolutely. And the good news for, for any of those lawyers is that we offer <laughs> these services and so that they don't necessarily have to do it themselves. But for those that are producing or even working with us, um, yeah, I think being able to look at these trends um, and then just create informative videos, right? Like content really falls down to, is it educational and informative or is it entertaining, right? And I think if you can fall into one of those buckets and do that effectively, um, and it, uh, preferably if you can do both, right? That That's even better. And so if you can take the information that you want to convey and then tack that onto um, things that are already trending, like that just that just helps your audience be able to digest this better. Because like I didn't go to law school, and I, there's a reason for that, you know. Yeah, but yeah. like if I can get the sound bites of it and understand the practice a little bit better on on Instagram, you know, in ten minutes in the morning or something like that, that's that's value for me that I wasn't otherwise getting. It's often a full time job managing the marketing of a law firm from social media to the actual content creation to the creative, and that's something that we can actually help with. Uh, from the on-site videographers to the scripts that we're writing. Can you talk a little bit more about that and how we help attorneys in this process? Sure. Yeah, no. Um, it's it's sort of a comprehensive solution that we offer in terms of marketing. Within my department specifically, if we look at SEO and, and social, um, you know, this is really the organic channel that people are trying to, trying to get. And some people say, hey, I want leads and, and ROI right away. Um, and my response to them is always like, 
you know, social media is free. It's it's free eyeballs, you know. Uh, so let's start there, figure out what kind of content works. And then if you find something that hits, then let's go ahead and scale some some paid ads behind that. Um, and we, we cover that as well. Um, but it's really like with any marketing department or any marketing endeavor, it's really how these pieces work together. I know that you're doing email and, and outreach with other channels for us. And so thinking about like how even our jobs and our uh, departments collaborate, you know, I think that that's something that's very telling in terms of how a content strategy can be complementary to email marketing or complementary to SEO. Um, and then thinking about how paid ads can kind of just like expedite the, the results that you want, right? And so I think looking at how we can pick and choose based on what a law firm needs in this moment um, is really the fun part of our job, right? Is seeing like where they're at in their business, where they're at in their content pipeline, and then how do we optimize from there? That's a beautiful answer. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that I've personally seen with law firms is they try to be a little too professional and they focus a little too much on the educational content, which often is difficult to you know do any sort of paid ad spend with because you're not really standing out from anyone else. Um, how does creative help change that? For sure. And I think some of this is just also being aware of your audience, right? Um, I think a lot of people are stuck in the 1980s or something like that, where, you know, boomers are really running the offices, but millennials are old now. We're, we're the ones in, in offices now making content, looking at content. And it's like, if it's not something that you'd want to be addressed with, chances are you're probably not gonna be looking at that content online. I guarantee a lot of these business professionals that are making that kind of content are still looking at, you know, TikTok reels and things like that with stupid dog videos or whatever it is that's <laughs> going on, um, because that's what's entertaining and it makes us happy. And it's that little hit of dopamine. But if I can get a little bit of information with that, even better, right? And that doesn't necessarily always have to be portrayed by the person making the content. There's a lot you can do in post-production uh, with subtitles, with graphics, with imaging. Sure. Um, there's a lot of tools nowadays that can help with that process of taking a pretty for lack of a better word, basic piece of content and, uh, you know, enlightening. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, really where, I mean, the social platforms themselves have gotten really in tune with these kind of creator tools, which obviously we can help manage a lot, but anyone that's managing their own channels and taking this on themselves, there's a lot that you get right out of the gate with Instagram, TikTok, and all these platforms. Um, but certainly with AI and some of the tools that you're talking about, um, it really becomes like a one-man band kind of operation where like people can do far more uh, with graphics, with editing, um, that they could before, right? You don't need to be a, a professional editor now to create reels or anything like that. You can have AI kind of splice content. And, and it's more thinking about like who you are as a person, as a representative of your brand, and then thinking about your content as an extension of that. And that ultimately becomes a more engaging and open door for me to walk through than simply like seeing another billboard with a man in a suit. You know? <laughs> um, how important is video content versus like static? I think it's it's just becoming more and more uh, important. I think the TikTokification of our culture has shown that you know short format video is here to stay, and it is the thing that engages us the most out of anything. Um, we've seen in the last two years, uh, really across any companies that I've worked with, static uh, images, especially for for paid ads, um, underperform video almost every single time. And I think that that's really telling. And if that's something that we all know, it's like benefit of the doubt, you don't have to try things anymore. You kind of know the formula for success. It's just about how much you're willing to get behind that and, and get content out. So do you think that means that long format video is dead or is there still room to make both styles of content? It's an interesting question. Um, I think like long format is not necessarily dead, but it just becomes contextual to like who you're trying to reach and the the areas in which you want to place that on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Like long format might make more sense on like YouTube, um, I know with some tutorials on like TikTok and stuff, there's there's some channels that do better with that, and it kind of depends on the business vertical. 
Um, but what's great is that if you are doing a podcast <laughs> or uh, some kind of long format content for um, YouTube or LinkedIn or anything like that, um, you can always repurpose that, right? So it's like, don't work hard, work smart. Um, so if you're already producing content, let's think about how we can repurpose that, get onto other channels and make sure that whatever it is that you're doing gets the maximum amount of eyeballs behind it. And how do you A-B test or what's the process or procedure that you take to ensure like a content's getting the maximum eyeballs? Do you test different copy? Do you test different thumbnails? Do you test, you know, different platforms and uh, demographic targeting? What's your advice with that? I guess all the above and, and more. Um, it's just a matter of patience. And then also just, you know, knowing that any marketing endeavor is going to be an incremental uh, process, right? It's not like you're going to get a home run right out the gate. Some people do. And that's awesome if you go viral in that way. Uh, but for us common folk, <laughs> uh, you're going to be working at it. You're going to be looking at the data. You're going to say, hey, I posted this video. Um, and then the next question should be, well, how do we make that better? And that's something that we ask ourselves all the time on the engagement team here for social media, um, as well as for SEO even, right? Like which landing pages are performing better? And then can we try different keywords? Do those get better traffic? Um, is it cheaper to acquire a customer organically? Or should we be doing this with a paid ad, right? Um, these are all things that you want to test and understand in your business, right? Whatever that business is. But specifically for lawyers who are very sales driven is a very like clean refined pipeline right we want exactly these amount of leads these leads convert to cases and then that's how we make our money um you know so there's there's very clear metrics there in terms of what you're tracking like which videos did you get the most views on how many people engaged with that are you putting call to actions in your videos by asking people to leave a comment right or to engage with a story or with a with a poll or a quiz or something like that um, how are you engaging your audience? And I think that's something that we can always just be thinking about um, as people communicating in general, but certainly on social media. Uh, so I think a lot of the disconnect uh, with creating content is people don't understand how easy it is to reach people now first 20 years ago with video content, whereas, you know, the only platform even prior to YouTube was really television. Um, you know, you'd have to go get a program segment. You weren't really able to track how effective that was. And, you know, maybe your reach on that was a couple hundred thousand dollars. Whereas yep. now with Instagram or Facebook, um, even YouTube, you can boost a post and reach a pretty large demographic that's very segmented to who your audience is. And it's at a price point that, you know, compared to making a commercial for TV is one tenth the cost. Um, and mm -hmm. even if you don't have a budget for that, you know, just boosting a post with, I know we do this for a lot of our clients on Instagram, just boosting a post with 50 or a couple hundred, hundreds of dollars, um, not necessarily a massive budget can actually create some pretty solid results for them. Yeah. I mean, I think for sure the barrier to entry has never been lower. Um, literally we all have a phone in our pocket. We can literally just take it out. Hi, my name is Josh. I'm doing a podcast, film it, send it. And then I'll get numbers on like how many people saw that, how many people engaged, right? Like it has never been easier. Cannot emphasize that enough, make content. But, uh, in terms of, of thinking about how to, to iterate and kind of push that forward with, with ad spend, like boosting. Um, yeah, it's really good. If you produce 10 pieces of content and you're saying, you know what, this is something I want to test for maybe a larger paid ad campaign. Let me make 10 pieces of content, put 50 to $100 behind each one, see which one performs the best. Now we can start using those for a larger campaign, right? Um, and there's, again, like the barrier to entry is so much lower, like a TV ad or yeah. something like that, or billboard people. I mean, I still see lawyers paying for billboards and all these things. And it's like, you don't know who drove fast that. You have yeah, no metrics, exactly. right? Exactly. There's no tracking of anything. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the phone so, rings, but you can't really even track if that's from the billboard or... LSA yeah. or, you know, your website. And, and even if it is, right, it's like, why wouldn't you just add on a free channel? Like, why not? 
Um, it's something that's going to reach a different demo. It's going to reach people at a different time. You can customize how that's delivered. And again, thinking about like where you're placing these ads. If you make a piece of content, you can repurpose that. Once that billboard comes down, you can't really repurpose that. Um, it, you're kind of stuck with it. So I think you know if you have a piece of content, whether it's an informational video, whatever, you can put that into your newsletter. You can repurpose that for Instagram uh, and then push it to, to LinkedIn, right? And, and pair that with like a blog post. Um, you know, there's a lot that I think people can do. And, and I think people know the answer that's out there. It's just that they either have this hang up about like, am I camera ready or, yeah, <laughs> or something yeah. like that? Or like, do I need to be doing this in a different way? Or does it have to look professional? Or are people going to laugh or whatever? And it's like, who cares? Like right now, like the whole point of this is because you want more people looking at you. Uh, and so like, don't get mad when people look at you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of consistency, right? Everybody feels that way when they first start, but your 50th video, your 60th video is going to be much better than your first video. You know, you're going to be a little more confident. You're going to understand what works, what doesn't. So it's kind of like you said, just getting it started, getting the ball rolling. Um, to that point, I do think, you know, it, the content creation space specifically for lawyers has been a little bit saturated with a lot of the selfie style videos. Um, how do you feel about that? You know, do, would you recommend that? Does it depend on the personality type or is it best to kind of do a bit of both where you're still making those kinds of videos? It's not the, you know, it's not your entire feed, um, but you're still using a videographer to make different styles of content. That's not just you holding up a phone and speaking into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's different ways to do it. And there's nothing wrong inherently with just picking up a phone and speaking into camera. And depending on your setup, your voice, the way you're presenting yourself, like there's there's a million factors that go into that. And so it's not really a one size fit all that I could be like, this is good or this is bad. But I do think like the diversity of content really matters, right? You don't know what's going to work <laughs> until you try making things, right? And so if you have 10 ideas for, for content and some are maybe more funny, some are more serious, some are whatever, you know, try them all, try them all and see what, what sticks and then use that as a way to kind of iterate and improve each one. I love Mr. Beast's model where he's like, make a hundred videos, try to improve each one and then come talk to me, right? Yeah. The amount of people that actually get to a hundred videos is like nothing. And so all these lawyers who are like, hey, I made three videos and yeah. why am I not getting like $10 million a year? Well, it's because you didn't really do any work. Um, you didn't actually try this long enough. You weren't consistent. And that's true for any industry, right? It's like, you don't open a boba store, post one photo, and then you're like, I'm rich. You yeah, know, yeah. It's like, it's a process. And so kind of building on that, how do you feel about the quality of content versus like these low budget, you know, shot on an iPhone, uh, selfie style, or, you know, going out and doing a all, all in production with a DP, a director, you know, two videographers? Um, how important is that? Is it not important? Does it kind of matter what platform you're doing it on? Um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, platform uh, relevance is, is key there. Uh, also, just like, who's your demo, right? I think someone that's just making like a real ADHD video uh, that's speaking to a younger audience might do really well on TikTok, mm. right? And we see that all the time. Um, then there's Instagram that's a little bit more glossy and polished. And so maybe something more graphic intensive or, or edited makes more sense there. Um, and then if you're trying to do a promo for your brand, like maybe a bumper ad for YouTube, right? And filmed in a high quality way makes sense um and there's also audio right there's like podcasts and things like that where it's like completely removed from the graphics but then it's like well it's your audio quality it's how concise you are in your messaging it's like a lot of these different factors so for any lawyer that's out there trying to make content or anyone that's trying to make content who are you trying to reach look at your your audience of, of customers right what does that demo look like and then really kind of reverse engineer that which pieces of social network or which uh, channels are most aligned with that demo and then how do we make content that reaches them? And then don't be afraid, afraid to try things, whether they're low production value, high production value. I think like throw the gambit at it. Uh, make sure that you're trying to like improve each time and then eventually you'll see, start seeing the results that you want. 
And it doesn't take much to get started. Like you said, the barrier to entry is very minimal. I mean, you have an iPhone, it shoots in 4K. You can get a selfie ring light for like 60 bucks on Amazon. Um, yep. If you really want to, you know, step up audio, you can get lapel mics for very affordable. I think they're less than $100. So uh, there you go for you less can, than 500 bucks. You, you know, you have a full <laughs> network. Product. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think a lot of lawyers, you know, they kind of get overwhelmed or they feel like a kind of a fear of, sure. you know, I don't know if this is worth investing in. I don't understand any of this, um, but it's actually quite simple. You know, it doesn't take much to get started. And like you said, you know, by your hundredth video, it's going to be a much better quality production than it was on your first two or three. Yeah. And I think like for these people, like to not get hung up on the the task of this right like it's you talking to a camera or it's you talking to your customers like don't treat it any differently than you would someone that's reaching out to you for a consultation right they're here for you mm. they're not here for a lawyer we can find a lawyer anywhere um there's a million billboards out there right now yeah. for them um ultimately if someone's going to handle my case and i'm going to be working with them for a year you know sometimes for a settlement do, does this person seem genuine to me do i trust them like generally all your services are the same law firm is a law firm is a law firm. It's like, you're either going to get me the settlement or you're not. And everyone has their track record, but like, do I like you? Yeah. And that's really the currency that we're talking about with social media. Do I like you? <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's a really good point actually. Um, and I think to that point, you know, video is kind of what interpersonalizes people. It's Absolutely. breaks that barrier that, you know, email can't reach that, uh, you know, billboard can't reach, uh, a newsletter can't reach, your website can't even reach that, you know, uh, video and like the consistency of video, people kind of get to psychoanalyze you, see who you are, uh, what your life is like, you know, what your tone is like, see these different moments of your life, um, which also brings another point up, like how much of that should lawyers share? You know, are they showing what they're eating for lunch? Or is it kind of more of a professional uh, image that they're, that they're trying to portray? Or is that really up to you and how you want to run your brand? For sure. I think it's probably like in the latter. It's like really what the vibe of your brand is. Um, you know, if you're trying to go after a more corporate audience, probably a more corporate feel makes sense for you. If you're a personal injury attorney that's going after someone that just got in a car crash and doesn't know anything about the law, chances are you coming up in a stuffy suit is like going to scare them off, mm. you know? Um, so I think like really, again, trying to empathize with who your audience is and then make content to that. I have lawyers who are making content that a lot of it, maybe 50% or more, is just slice of life. It's not even about law. Mm. It's like, today, I'm a lawyer, and this is what I did. And I just picked up my kids from school. Yeah. And like, I did x, y, and z, right? It's like, that's fine. Some people like that. You know, people follow dogs, people follow yeah. cats. It's like, why wouldn't this be any different? Right? It's like, do you live an interesting life? And even if it's not like, can you at least show a banal life in an interesting way or a funny way or whatever? Put some graphics on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever you can try. But really, like, again, thinking about who it is you're trying to reach, and then really trying to think about like, how do I engage in that in a genuine way? So you're basically trying to humanize the professional image of these lawyers, depending Absolutely. on, you know, again, to your point, their demographic and target audience. Um, how important is the brand and considering the brand before even starting content creation? Because I feel like a lot of these lawyers put themselves in kind of a pigeonhole where they make a style of content they necessarily don't want to be making, or it's almost like a burden on them to make. Whereas if they had initially from the get-go kind of built a more open or personable brand there wouldn't be this pressure of like oh i need to wear a suit today to shoot this video or i need to have this scripted content and really talk about these legal this legal jargon um versus you know something that's fun and playful and kind of shot on the go for sure like i mean i think it just comes back to the same point like if you're the dude that shows up in a duck t-shirt or something yeah. and like you know but you end up getting a setup like i don't care like show up in that like make make something that conveys who you are 
um and then and then there's an audience for it like the world and the internet is a huge place there's a lot of us out there and like the first thing all of us do in the morning is like what's going on on the feed you know um there's a there's a place for your content um you just have to try it and and be confident enough to to put it out there is there a platform that you recommend that's best for content creation or does that kind of vary on the style of content i know obviously you know long format youtube shorter format tiktok or instagram but out of those is there one that you feel is you know every lawyer has to be on this um yeah, so in, in terms of like preferred platforms or anything like that, you know, again, I think it just is so contextual to like the kind of marketing needs your business is looking for, right? If you want to get brand awareness and get a cheaper cost per view, like I'd say probably check out TikTok, right? There's a, there's that platform is built for awareness. If you're looking for conversions and you want to build more of a page that links to your site and you want to have a bunch of different types of content, you know, Instagram might be better. Um, and Facebook, maybe for an older audience or audiences that are, more like group driven right like facebook there's really like a lot of people that sleep on facebook groups like that's a huge magnet right for people that are looking at settlement cases or people that are dealing with personal injury right there's probably a group out there for you like try that and post directly to those groups right it's it's not just about a platform but it's also like what features within that platform complement your type of content to reach people in the way that you want to reach them right mm. it's like i think people think that there's just like this giant button that we go back and hit the marketing button and it's like done right yeah it's like that's really not it it's like well what is your business need and then like how can we use science and metrics to really hone in on like how to reach that goal what about uh alternative platforms like you know reddit rumble uh podcasts on uh spotify or apple um how important are those for sure. I mean, I think, again, these are all like channels that you can you can be leveraging. And I think anyone that's trying to start from scratch and they're not sure what the answer is, um, I wouldn't be afraid to, to try some of these things out. And then once you find something that works or that you feel comfortable with, really hone in on that one, get that, you know, working for you. And if you see that you can scale that, great, then stick with it. And for some people, it is these alternate platforms because sometimes they're less competitive or they're newer. Sometimes it's a land grab, like we saw with TikTok like three, four years ago. Um, and so sometimes, you know, if you're early on an alternative platform, that could be your audience right there. It's just, that's your edge. You got there early. Um, or you're just in a space that's talking about your specific business vertical and it's less competitive because not that many people are talking about that, or it's, or it's specific to a type of industry. Like those are advantages that I, I don't think people should discount, but also just make sure they're right for you. Is there anything that you recommend, uh, people avoid when it comes to creative or content creation? Overthinking. I think, uh, I think in terms of like things to avoid, you tend to get in your own way, right? It's like, did I look good in that video? Mm. Did that audio sound right? Is this something I would watch? Right. It's like, those are good questions to be asking, but like, just to not let that be an impediment. And if it is something that you really struggle with, like hiring a marketing firm or someone to kind of help you along the journey makes perfect sense. And that's why our services exist. Beautiful. I mean, yeah, we're, we're all self-conscious. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, as natural and as comfortable as some people are on camera, they still have, you know, self-doubt and thoughts that uh, take some time to overcome. And maybe you never overcome them. Maybe you just kind of push them to the side and keep going. Maybe that's part of the content. Yeah, maybe it's that's like, part of the content. It yeah. all loops back. So, yeah, we're in a new year. We're about two weeks into it. Uh, what are some things that firms need to start doing this year, stop doing this year, and continue doing from the previous year? Ooh, that's a good question. Good New Year's question. Um <laughs> I think for things to start, uh, if you haven't started content, marketing, click funnels, any of that, start. It's never too late and it's never too soon. Um, in terms of stopping, um, I guess this is maybe a personal one just because it's content that I tend to get bored of. Like, stop trying to look like a poster of a lawyer from the mm. 1980s. Like, don't sell me the same thing that we've all seen. Like, it, 
read the room you know yeah um especially if you're not a corporate lawyer like unless you're doing like corporate mergers like ditch it you know <laughs> um and then sorry the last thing was continue doing continue doing yeah continue doing i think just trying to figure out how to best empathize with your audience whether it's your um clients whether it's leads you know whoever it may be your your own staff right sometimes like content is good for just your internal branding mm. um you know thinking about content as a way to complement your business and just do more of that and is there a post frequency or a frequency to this content creation that you recommend or is it kind of are you quality over quantity um i'd say more is better i like i think quality makes makes a difference for sure um and it's something that we always want to be improving on but also like if you're getting stuff out there yeah you know even if it's one person you put out 100 videos like that's 100 people that you just reach for free. so if the quality is going to hold you up from the consistency don't let it hold you okay up. yeah don't let it cool. hold you up absolutely i love that yeah no i would agree with that um yeah so hopefully 2024 you heard it here get to work <laughs> so it's time for my favorite segment what's making you happy this week josh what's making you happy this week it's a it's a tough question. I try and like look at a bunch of content. Um, but one thing that stands out to me, kind of unrelated from the law firms, but one of my friends just got a commission to do a Nike campaign. Oh wow! And so I just woke up today on Instagram and saw a bunch of Nike Dunk ads that he did. Aiden Cullen, give him a follow. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's making me happy today. Thank you guys for watching this podcast today and making it this far into this episode. Uh, we enjoy having you. If you've enjoyed this, feel free to give us a like or subscribe. We'll be putting out new episodes every single week. Thank you for Josh for all your insight and time today. Thanks for having um, me. It was super informative and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time.